Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard, but I think Oh bondage up yours! Welcome. 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 Welcome to the Dominasty Podcast. I'm Mistress Blair. I'm Mistress Velvet, and we have our first nasty guest on the podcast today. Hi, I'm Luna. I'm so excited to be here. Yay, we're so we're excited, excited to, to have, have you. you. Okay. Just get to like Just going to go in cold. Just going to jump right in. <laughs> Spin the theme. All in. Full send. Yeah, exactly. We're full send life right now. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about my personal life right now is yeah. I'm full sending. Like, oh. I'm just like. I didn't embrace that. That was me on the ride over. I had a mini freak out that I was like, this is a law. I have to go and see my SD. And I told him I'd shave his balls today. And I don't really feel like doing that tonight. (laughs) I just want to lay and be lazy. Uh, Have some me time. You're like, all these fucking boys. And then you just got to laugh about it. I'm like angrily packing a razor. (laughs) Damn it. But yeah. Can we please start the podcast with that sound clip? Uh, yeah seriously i think i'll just guard it from it he doesn't need to know about this <sighs> you are a very good sb for doing that oh thank you you know speaking of vanilla he's really vanilla yeah. so when i was like oh like tell you know we talk about fantasies uh-huh. it like took a while and he brought that up and i'm like we're doing it like i i want to do he wanted help you, you to do that yeah, he's like, that would be, like, it took forever talking about fantasies and all this stuff. Like, when I say vanilla, yeah, and it took everything in me to be, like, I'm, like, be non-judgmental. <laughs> that kind of, I'm sure you two have that it's, like, be non-judgmental, like, this is what they're here for. And I'm very open to it since everything else we do is, like, van- So we were talking vanilla. about being bored earlier. As a thing. Oh my god. I had a session yesterday and I did some water sports. Do you know what that is? No. Golden Golden showers. Okay, yeah, I know what that is. And I spent an hour and a half thinking I was bored. I was like, I'm so bored. It gets old. I just want to kick his balls. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want to whip him and kick his balls. I think it shows you can't acclimate to anything. Like the freakiest thing in someone's world can get old. You're like, yep, yeah. this is routine now. Yeah, <laughs> in, a, in general, I'm just like, we need a little novelty. Mm. If you've been doing the same thing every time, and I think also for similar, like what you were saying, like, to give them, you know, a novel experience, something that is going to not only get someone a change and have them keep coming back for more, but also yeah. for your own sake, so that you can actually continue to be present and not bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I'm curious in your guys' work. Yeah. I'm trying not to say guys so much. In both of your work. You say in your bitches' work. Yeah. <laughs> in your house work. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I'll find something. Um, in your work, because, like, stripping, mm. there's so much turnover. You know, you get some yeah. regulars. But sugaring, Yeah. Sugaring, it's totally different because you have to, like, make this longitudinal mm-hmm. thing work. Mm-hmm. I feel like stripping's like a sprint and mm-hmm. it's super high adrenaline. And then sugaring, even escorting is like, this can get old. Yeah, what, what I was kind of talking uh, with Blair about before mm-hmm. was if I have a submissive mm-hmm. that is really doing the same thing every time, I try to find out, like, what it is about that thing that they're mm-hmm. enjoying. Mm-hmm. and how we can elevate that mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah. And sometimes it's almost a creative endeavor for me. Like, yeah. I've taken people that really enjoy mummification, and I'm like, mm. well, you know, also we've come to this level of trust. Maybe mm. we can take it to the next level. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting, too, because in my opinion, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's my job is to make this novel and exciting mm-hmm. because clients can acclimate to that when in a relationship you can get kind of like cozy and like, yeah. like a little too comfortable. And I realize we have different work, but I'm like, yeah, it's my job to like spice things up and mm-hmm. keep it interesting mm-hmm. and get creative.
No pimps needed. So Luna is a co-director of the Colorado Entertainers Coalition and also a fellow sex worker. Luna, can you tell us a little bit about the areas of sex work that you have experience in and what the CEC's mission is? Yeah, absolutely. So I got into sex work originally through stripping. I started that I want to say three years ago. I guess I'm not a baby stripper anymore. (laughs) And, you know, more recently, especially since COVID, I've explored other areas of sex work, including... Including. Including. I'm like, man, so it's just one after the other. It's (laughs) just them all. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I feel like stripping is usually a gateway sex work, if you can call it that. Um, (laughs) So I have experience in... I do online content through OnlyFans, and I'm also a sugar baby. Yeah, so I do co-direct the Colorado Entertainer Coalition, also called the CEC, with some other wonderful people. And really, the goal of the CEC is to build community amongst local sex workers. Uh, It's grassroots led and we also provide specific resources for people in the adult entertainment industry. So along with providing resources for sex workers, we also try to build ties with like the larger community. And what we've been finding is that really helps reduce stigma. Yes, and yeah. we are all about that. <laughs> I think we are all on the same page about that for sure. Absolutely. Normalize sex work. Yes. <laughs> and uh, what do you think is most important for others to know about some of the healthcare issues, um, whether it be mental health or legal access to benefits um, that happen in our industry? Yeah, you know, what we've been finding, um, we focus a lot on mental health. More recently, because of COVID, we've been looking at legal resources. And as, like, most marginalized communities, there needs to be sex worker-specific resources. I mean, stigma is so deeply embedded in our society. We've actually done um, some surveys with... Uh, therapists and a lot of therapists that identify as sex worker friendly or sex worker affirming and we kind of got a little gauge about like their knowledge and it's next to nothing I mean they don't learn and there's no course in school that talks specifically about working with our community and a lot of what they know is from like our very biased basic media that's pretty alarming so right now we're actually in the midst of working on a continuing education resource for therapists and other service providers to learn about sex work by sex workers (laughs) yeah that's amazing i've had the pleasure of participating in this survey myself and uh, forcing my therapist and a number of other therapists to do the same and I would say that she would even admit um, that it was a bit eye-opening. Um, even working with me around these things, there was a lot of questions and I had to fill in a lot of those spaces <laughs> on how she should refer to certain things mm-hmm. or what was normal in my life. Yeah, and it's something I want to point out. There are some great therapists that do a really good job most of those are people with lived experience or know someone closely. We're big believers that if you are hiring someone, we don't want the client to be responsible for educating their Mm. provider. Um, Even if they have the best intentions and we're finding that part of the issue is they don't know where to look. Their only resource is their client, like their sex worker client. Um, So we want to build that resource. Um, Yeah. I have a question for you um, about the CEC and just some of the things that you guys specifically offer. I know that you have some group therapy, is that right, available to people in the industry? 
Yeah, so we have those going on occasionally. Okay. Um, we've ran some in the past, okay. and um, we do a few different offerings. We've done some creative writing workshops um, with a wonderful leader. I don't know if I can drop her name, but I can, yeah, go, go on our website. <laughs> and we are thinking about, we have one coming up on how to self-publish your work. So, so many people in our industry have just amazing skill sets all kinds and it's really cool to be able to offer sex worker specific spaces where you don't have to worry about educating people or facing stigma um yeah it's it's a pretty even on zoom during covid it's really magical to have that safe space for people what kind of questions are you asking on the survey? Like, what kind of research are you gathering? Because I haven't taken it yet, actually. Mm. So I would like to know and let our yeah. listeners know. So we kind of got a feel before we decided to make this that there were, based on anecdotal evidence, we're finding a lot of sex workers finding what we had is that it was really hard to find a sex worker friendly therapist mm-hmm. and um what the other director mm-hmm. I'll call her Trisha <laughs> um went ahead and did is she, while she was searching for a therapist she would call around and, and ask them questions like how much do you know about sex work are you sex worker affirming um and some of them were flat out no and some of them were a yes and she started compiling a list of sex worker affirming therapists in the state of Colorado mm-hmm. and um we've We've built upon it, and now when someone comes to us, they're looking for a sex worker affirming therapist, we can provide them with this list. But because it was so hard, and so many people we'd heard about had actually damaging experiences, when you're vulnerable with someone like that, and they have their own hang-ups about it and might shame you in a way, even if it's unintentional... Uh, yeah, or ask that classic, like, oh, do you think that that's tied to your childhood trauma? <laughs> that's, like, <laughs> triggering for me. Um, yeah, I mean, part of it is, at, like, those assumptions are can be so damaging and do more way more harm than good. Um, so the surveys, to answer your question, we ask sex workers, have you had a sex worker affirming therapist? What made you feel safe with them? Have you had negative experiences? And we compiled that and then we asked the therapist, have you worked with sex workers? Do you even know what sex work is? And has your training actually prepared you to work with this population? They got training for all kinds of things, which is wonderful, but there's a huge gap in knowledge. And even some of them, the questions they ask, like, oh, if you had a resource, what kinds of questions would you ask? Some of the questions were really problematic. <laughs> um, and yeah, I won't give away too much of it. We basically, our conclusion from the surveys from therapists is this is a really needed resource. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much for pioneering and starting that research database because we both agree that the research is lacking around sex work. I know you feel it too. And so to be somebody who is creating that is Mm. just you know exactly Mm. what we all need to thank you a lot Um, oh my gosh thank you guys I mean I think all of us doing our part like everyone has such wonderful things to contribute and doing like a podcast like this and like getting the word out and other people using whatever skills they have to Mm -hmm. reduce stigma um it's so important and it's so cool to see how everyone's manifests in a different way (laughs) yeah we're definitely on the same page there Um, very much looking for you know positivity and and a greater understanding from the general public at large but I'm curious Mm. if there's anything specific you would like to see change outside of that um, in the world of sex work as we move forward Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, decriminalization. Like, let's start there. (laughs) You know, I think there needs to be legal change and the way people talk about and think about sex work. I think one thing that's so harmful is this really polarized dichotomy of like the quote, happy hooker or the trafficked victim. And that's all there is. Either this is like, just 
the most magical, perfect work and there's nothing to complain about and every moment is so fulfilling or you're a victim and this is horrifying. And like, there's no room for ambivalence in there and different experiences. And I think there's just as many ways to do sex work as there are sex workers. Everybody. 100%. 100%. There need to be more female-owned strip clubs. Oh. It is really needed. <laughs> Absolutely. Female-owned, sex work-owned. You know, uh, we're in that matriarchy conversation. I run a number of female pop-ups in general. And one of my requirements to run these spaces no matter what industry it was, mm-hmm. was that they were female managed or owned. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy how few options we'd have. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had a recent experience last year. I was listening to a business talk in a co working space for women. It was a women's run co working space. And the keynote speaker said that she literally will not go meet with people, like do business meetings, unless there is a woman from that company representing their mm-hmm. company. And I'm like, that is so boss. <laughs> like, yes, we are doing more of yes. that. That is basically forcing the men to hire women, to trust the women. And I think that mm. needs to be, as women, we all need to require that now. If we're really mm-hmm. trying to, like, get our space and everything that's going on we need to be demanding those things to be working with women when we have the opportunities to demand so yeah absolutely and as sad as you know it is that the rest of the world is not getting on par i think one of the amazing things about um some of our experiences in sex work is that people experience especially women what it is like to charge someone the adequate amount for their time oh hell yeah it's so interesting because i think a lot of people in the general public see it switch like oh the men have the money they have the power and i'm like no 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 (laughs) it was someone recently was um i'm like oh like talking about my sd and they're like your boss and i'm like oh no (laughs) i am the boss (laughs) um yeah i I think that's really necessary and in decriminalization which I will say like we've made wonderful strides in that direction there need to be people with lived experience involved making these decisions I mean there's so many things from like the tiniest detail in the strip club to like these big political things that I'm like clearly nobody asked a sex worker (laughs) clearly like no sex worker was involved in this decision making (laughs) process I would absolutely love to see people in office with lived experience Mm -hmm. I hope you're one of them (laughs) I know you might want a political career eventually it's possible folks (laughs) New York City watch out Uh, you know US watch out there's There's a lot, you know, if Melania can get there with nudes, I can get there with the fact that I actually know something. Velvet for president. Velvet okay. for president. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Four years down the road. I, I don't know. What do you two think about, I mean, I'm sure there are so many more people that have experience in sex work mm-hmm. than we, let, obviously, so many people are closeted. And I'm like, I yeah. wonder what the actual number is. I wonder how many people in these positions of power that are you least expect it mm-hmm. were sex workers at some point. I know that they were selling some foot pics or doing some things, like even low-key, any, any way, I feel like there's a lot of people that have been involved. Mm-hmm. And that's a real part of the research that we're missing, too, is because mm-hmm. of that stigma. Yeah, stigma and the criminalization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a total numbers person. I do love my both qualitative and quantitative yeah. da- data, mm-hmm. and it is so hard to get reasonable data. We actually come like probably closest in looking at data around porn mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. the U.S. because that at least has a strong enough crossover. Yeah. And at one point, that was the third biggest industry in the U.S. financially. Nobody talks about that, though. <laughs> Yeah, it's so taboo. It's, I don't know, our society has a hang-up about sex. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> yes. A big hang-up. That's, that's a mission of my own is to just, like, throw some sex sounds in people's faces with this music so that, like, they have to deal with, mm. like, this extraordinary, yeah. I will say, editing one song of me moaning 
like for three hours. I almost I was like too I, I'm a little sensitive, so like that was really fucked with my brain a lot. So I had to take a break. I had to like compose myself and like thank you to my producer for getting on this train and listening to all that with me. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, I bet. Well, I know we were talking about um, one of the themes today is like how, what sex work does for society. And I think in a society that has so many hangups about sex, I'm like, it is a space for, like, it can be so healing for Mm -hmm. someone to be like, it's not shameful. And you have this weird fantasy. Mm -hmm. Cool. It's not like, yep, that's pretty normal. Like normalizing that Mm -hmm. for people. Absolutely. And I, I think I've talked about Mm -hmm. it in, in some of the past stuff, but I, I would just say that, you know, for me, I, I've mentioned that like our society, when you become an adult, really detracts from the idea of play or Mm. fantasy or any of these ideas that really allow us to explore our ourselves to learn to make mistakes without a lot of fear of what the real life consequences Mm. are and in a lot of these spaces at least sexually people have that release Mm. Mm mm-hmm yeah, that it's it's an area to play, and I totally agree. We're missing a lot of play. We are missing a lot of play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's strive to make that more. <laughs> Sex money feels Baby, don't you cry. Sex money feels Baby, don't you cry. Sex money feels Ladies on my right. Sex money feels Okay, let's get personal. Mm. I'm going to get personal just for a moment here and share a theory of mine about the world that we live in. Okay? Please. So I think that women created the earth and we get bored so easily that we created men and we let those men think that they have control of the earth and we let them take control just so we could come back and make matriarchy a thing. (laughs) I like this framework. I've (laughs) never thought about it that way, I have to say. Um, But I like that, yeah, women are victims. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to know what matriarchy means to you. I know that wasn't on our question list, but if you want to. Yeah, I mean... In my eyes, I don't necessarily see this battle between like patriarchy and matriarchy mm. as like who's the loudest, mm-hmm. who's in charge of more stuff. Yes, equal. Yeah. Um, and beyond equality, I think there is so much female presence that can easily go unnoticed. Mm. Um, I think about a lot of women in my life, I mean, especially sex workers, that they are doing a fuck ton. Mm. And they are making huge ripples, but it may not be blatantly obvious. Mm. Um, and especially in, in so much stuff that's considered like female female work or like traditionally feminine roles mm-hmm. that play such a huge role. But because they don't go on a formal one-page CV, it's like disregarded. Yeah, yeah. caretaker. Oh, what... what? Uh, Dom, what, so what have you been doing with your resume? I see there's a gap here. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, just having, like, huge impacts on people's lives. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but what's, like, what can you put on paper? What certificate do you have? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's a lot of change involved around mm-hmm. that word of matriarchy mm-hmm. and patriarchy. And like you said, maybe it's not quite a battle. Maybe it's just um, a revolution mm-hmm. of learning and growing and finding a balance for all of us yeah for all of us to get what we need I love that and um I think about the word subtlety comes to mind Mm -hmm. like what you're talking about some kind of witchy stuff which Mm -hmm. I think so much about like intuition and subtlety Mm -hmm. and that's so present for me in sex work um it might not be in your face but like it's happening yeah Yeah, and that healing space goes and Mm. with that too there's so much healing that we're doing beyond just like what people we think Mm. that we're doing yeah Mm -hmm. in the dungeon or hanging out with an sd Mm -hmm. or in the strip club Mm. if it's open um yeah so part of that would be 
just to clarify, mm-hmm. SD is sugar daddy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we are all in that similar presence that we've brought up before about what that acute level of noticing also other people's pleasure, people's mm-hmm. presence, and interacting with them on that level is something that mm-hmm. I would love to see people have more mm-hmm. in everyday life. Yeah. Yeah, that that nuance is so uh I think a miss in our very fast-paced world we live in right now. And I think a lot of that stuff like we talked about play earlier. Mm-hmm. And um I think it relates to play too, like play and pleasure and intuition like these all go hand in hand mm-hmm. and they're so often disregarded as like, oh, that's dispensable. That's yeah. the first thing to go. And that femme energy is what's required to really tap into that mm. intuition mm-hmm. and like feelings, like, yeah. being sensitive to the environments around you. any rituals in your daily life speaking of getting witchy or self-care like what do you do to stay centered and present for all of this stuff that you're doing yeah I mean speaking to that it definitely takes I know I preach self-care so much and especially in this line of work and everybody no matter who you are listening you need to have a serious self-care practice Mm -hmm. but especially when you're dealing with so many different relationships Mm Um, both those that are our clients or subs or your personal relationships. As far as rituals, wow. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, since quarantine, I've been meditating mm. a lot and just like having that space. I notice I'll like, I mean, I, I bet a lot of people can identify. You wake up and you're like, what's my to-do list? What do I need to be yeah. doing? Anxiety. Exactly. Anxiety. Immediately. So do you meditate in the morning? I do. Yeah, same. Um, yeah. Shout out to Sarah Blondin, who's gotten me through some tough times. I mean, a lot of stuff thinking about sex work, and especially with um, when I was stripping right now, just for a little bit of context, due to COVID, my club shut down. But yeah, there was, I mean, getting into that persona, because it is a persona. Mm -hmm. And my sugar baby persona is different than my stripper persona, which is different. There's so many hats. (laughs) Oh, everything from like the music I would listen to, to the, I have like a sex worker podcast I listen Mm -hmm. to, um, just so many things that get you in that zone, being in the locker room, the smell of like a mixture of like alcohol and cheap perfume (laughs) and like all those little things that like get you in that zone. Um, I'm curious if, if you two have rituals. I'm along the same way. I like Mm -hmm. to listen to music, Mm -hmm. um, I'm about a 15-minute drive to my dungeon right now, so I usually like to grab a little Starbucks, mm-hmm. little... Right now, the drink of the season is a pumpkin cream cold brew. Ooh. It's so good. Ooh. It's so good. I'm like fanning myself. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little hot in here. We need some pumpkin cream. Um, and then I listen to some music. I like to sing to my own music in the car and like rehearse that, and then... Okay, yeah. When I get to the dungeon, yeah. I turn all the lights on and I go yeah. through the things and I'm just like chi in the zone. Mm. And then, of course, makeup. I feel yeah. like doing your makeup is a yes. really good ritual, too. Oh. So I always do my makeup before mm-hmm. I go in. And oh, yeah. yeah, How about you, Velvet? I have a few, I would say. I mean, part of that we talked mm-hmm. about is like feeling good. So mm-hmm. dressing is definitely something yeah. for me. We've already talked about how I really enjoy the actual feel of whatever I'm wearing it it tends to be something that might be a little bit central for me Mm -hmm. um I like to wear a lot of soft Mm. or things over the harder ones that are common in my industry and I would say um sometimes I do have specific things that I look at I actually do have a bit of a shrine at home uh that is devoted to the powerful women in my life um, it includes two grandmothers uh and a couple of friends and just women in general that I feel like their intuition and guidance has been really solid so when necessary I I go there and take a moment before I go out into the world Mm, that's beautiful it is 
I was gonna say for me just as important as getting into persona is getting out of my persona before I get home and like unwinding I like to listen to NPR on my way Mm. home it just gets me out of thinking (laughs) about all that work stuff which can be so heavy do you two have like ungetting ready rituals oh and icing my knees that's part of my ritual after dancing (laughs) (laughs) clutch yeah I like to give myself some dumb aftercare for Mm. sure, but I start that with having a conversation with my sub about Mm. the session that we just had. So that's like a decompressing moment for both of us. I bid them adieu, I clean Mm. up, and then I get in the car. And if I was smart that day, I rolled myself a joint Mm. for the ride home. (laughs) Self-care. Like coming down from the high of sex work, which for so many people is like every once in a while, I'm like, no, this is on a regular basis. Like this is the highlight of your year. This is just my Wednesday night. This is no like going to your nine to five. Like we're going all the way up on this roller coaster and all the way Mm -hmm. down and around and back to the end of the line, Mm -hmm. like to start again. So yeah, depending on the session, there may be a good deal of adrenaline Mm -hmm. uh, in my veins, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially in the more careful ones actually where I am doing something where someone's putting a great deal of trust in my hands I would say that I have a couple of things but I've actually made the mistake of really ignoring that in my early years Mm -hmm. of the work and it's become important both in my work and in in any of the works that I'm doing you know Mm -hmm. the same thing when when I was doing you know work in an office and I found that i had this mentality that I was god awful and mm-hmm. <laughs> needed to change before I spent time with anybody so I could be present so mm-hmm. you don't have all these things in your brain yeah and either way I think you know it's even harder when you're doing sex work and you're like wow I yeah. maybe had to process some things and get all that adrenaline out um yeah. someone might not find it so funny when I try to talk about this also so for me, I mm. think it's just more so when I look at my schedule now, mm. I don't go, oh, yeah, I can go from the dungeon to having dinner with my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned that, like, oh, to be present. And I think that's one thing that people, I'll call them civilians, mm-hmm. non-sex like workers, civilians. <laughs> um, maybe don't realize that I know in my vanilla jobs, like, if you're not feeling it that day, you can kind of skate through the day in most jobs. I know there are other jobs that you need to be really therapists, doctors, all these things. But sex work is one of those that you have to be like on mm-hmm. and present the whole time. Sure. It's yeah. And I imagine especially with your work, <laughs> I know at least in the strip club, you can go like take a breather in the oh, locker yeah. room. Yeah. yeah, we can. I mean, I take plenty of yeah. breathers too. I like mm-hmm. to blindfold my subs um, mm. so I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like I can literally just dance there for five minutes if oh, I want yeah. and they can't see me. They can just hear me. Mm. So Maybe I, I'm still I doing that with my, my SD. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Speaking of your SD. <laughs> you recently came out to your sd about some other things in your life didn't I you did. tell us um, about those speaking of rituals that was my tarot cards helped me very much <laughs> um it was a difficult call to make um i'm in a committed relationship uh we're an open relationship and on top of that i have my professional relationship with my sd and this is the first like real long-term sd i've had and they did not know that i was in a in a relationship how long have you seen Um, this sd so I want to say going on four months wow. and we're like, you know, the things we plan are like we're planning out for the future, mm-hmm. um, which I love that. And like the sustainability yeah. and it feels very yummy and yeah. supportive. Um, but it's like I would have to tweak these things and it's easy to know if you're seeing somebody one time but seeing someone so regular and feeling like I'm keeping this big thing from them and also yeah there's this anxiety of like are you gonna meet someone and leave Mm -hmm. and letting them know like I'm here for a while Mm -hmm. like I'm solid yeah so did Um, that build up 
this trust and connection that you had together or did it change it or break it down or like what do you think happened yeah you know another aspect of it is my partner really wanted when we talked about this they really wanted to be um known about they felt like oh like I'm this hidden thing from this other person you spend all your time with but I was fully prepared. It's risky. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, what can I do if this income goes away, if they're not comfortable with this? And that was an extra big risk because <laughs> your strip club's closed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I I'm so glad it that. went well. <laughs> yeah, actually, so many props to him because it was like a really connecting, beautiful Aww. conversation. And you can only hold up a persona I'm learning for so long with someone you spend that much yeah. time with going trips together. And that's exhausting. Yeah. So I've kind of ended this like just honesty is the best, obviously within reason. Yes. Um, and someone who's earned your trust to hear it. But um, yeah, it went really well. I feel good about it. So, yeah, that is not like a 90 minute scene. That is a yeah. significant mm-hmm. investment of time. And that yeah. it is. It's an investment yeah. that you get rewarded back on both ends mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I would say I'm interested to hear a little bit more about that relationship mm-hmm. and your primary partner. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that's an open relationship. I know mm-hmm. that alone is a pretty peculiar to mm-hmm. a lot of people out there. Yeah. What yeah, would yeah, you yeah. say uh, that was like going forward? Yeah. Going into that, it's. it was... I mean, we did not jump into it quickly. We are, it's also, you know, every, there's a million ways to do it. Mm-hmm. We're very much like preparers. We're like, we're going to read all the books. We're going to do all the things. We're going to get really ready for this and see if it's a good fit. Part of it really is after I became a sex worker, mm-hmm. it felt a little uneven. I'm like, wow, I'm having like so much like intimacy and exploring with other people. And I think they felt a little bit, Like it wasn't really even and I was like, you know, I'm comfortable with you seeing some other people and I think the step of becoming a sex worker opened our minds in so many ways and it definitely had a big role in that opening up our relationship. We're definitely each other's primary, but yeah, we see other people. I have my other boo just came into town. And they just met right before this episode. Uh, How did that meeting go? Oh, you know, they're kind of both there. Like, I'm the hinge. I'm making this L shape with my fingers for people who can't see this. But, like, being that hinge and, yeah, it went really well. I think I've just been on this train of, like, I'm just going to lay it all out there for people. Yeah, I mean, radical honesty is terrifying at first but once you get on board and you start feeling it and especially when you know I think that there are people supportive of it already Mm. and you at least feel that there is that room yeah it can be incredible yeah oh yeah and I I will say for people who aren't you know haven't experienced open relationships or polyamory or whatever you want to call it and are interested it's work though (laughs) like if you don't like to communicate a ton in a monogamous relationship do not try if you don't like to communicate a ton in a monogamous relationship you should probably be single (laughs) i mean that's true and unfortunately that is uh, very much the case with a lot of people and it's it's something we have to realize like if you're not ready for that level of communication you probably should not be there yeah it's uh it takes a lot and props to my partner who uh you know when we got together i was not a sex worker yeah. i was not doing all these other things so and how many years ago was that you know i met them when i was like 18 Wow. and but we've been we were just in each other's lives and we've been more serious like three and a half years now yeah Yeah. and they've just been uh, talk about an ally oh my goodness Mm -hmm. hearing conversations that like sex work will be brought up and he'll be like well actually and like we'll (laughs) give them like a whole thing about it and speaking of which whoever's listening to this episode that's like an ally you are so needed especially Mm -hmm. i mean male and female allies Mm -hmm. but like there's some like toxic masculinity going on and if one guy's like yeah like what's the big deal like someone came up to him and was like yeah I found out my ex is a stripper and he was like cool sounds like she's doing great (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my <laughs> I god, that. I love it. Well, yeah, we need more of that because <sighs> unfortunately, usually they're just silent and mm. then I just become the really grouchy yeah. person that's mm. like, well, let me tell you about this thing. Yeah. And you're probably not yeah. going to respect my response to this yeah. as much as you would your bro. Yeah. yeah. Be an ally. <laughs> Be an ally. <laughs> so is your other boo thing in the know of everything oh. that's going on too? So other boo is very new. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much you two relate to this, but with like, I mean, relationship and sex work like it's a lot like, so I don't oftentimes do that, something like that, that coming out yeah. moment I and it was the I think the first time that I've been like so honest usually I wait to come out to someone yeah. how long first day I was like so I'm a sex worker yes. uh, I'm also in a committed relationship but like we see other people and I it was just like rapid fire bang 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 and it was like I mean in in a thoughtful way yeah. but this person comes from a very different background than me and I've been like I think I would get in my head before like oh they're not gonna you know they're gonna react a certain way Mm -hmm. but that's really not giving them a fair chance to actually respond this person oh my gosh I I've told them about this and they're like I want to educate myself they like bought a book on sex work like by sex workers like did all this and I'm like Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, I'm very open with them. Um, about, I mean, they're in town and I'm like, yeah. I gotta go see my SD, so. <laughs> um, you always have fun now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, definitely. And that is so rare. Yeah. I mean, I can count a number of times, both female and male, yeah. once again, that like people have maybe even said they were cool at first yeah. when I like drop it and then like you get actually into the nitty gritty of it and they're like, Oh, well, I don't actually want to hear about what you do. Or I like the idea (laughs) of it, but, like, the actual in practice might be different for them. Absolutely. Yeah. And all respect to people, if that's not your comfort level, like, cool, let me know that. Um, But it's been so wonderful to find these, like, really supportive people in my life. Like, game changer. I will say my first when I was first a stripper the Mm -hmm. first person I came out to was someone I had dated for years was very close to then we were like in a friend experience first person I came out to and they were like I don't want to see your face like I don't want to see you I don't want to talk to you and still until you've stopped doing this they outed me to my family (gasps) which I yeah that's so I think it's taken me till now years to recover from that so it's really liberating now but yeah some people have really strong reactions yeah Yeah, i've experienced some of those as well and it it can be really harmful yeah especially when it's someone that's in your inner circle you've already given them that level of vulnerability and Mm -hmm. here they are just putting it back to you yeah in hindsight i'm like oh that was their own shit (laughs) yeah but it did affect you i mean yeah. They exposed you to your family for what you were doing. Yeah, which props to my family. Those people, I recently came out to them, and they let me know. They're like, yeah, he had told us, but oh. we figured it was your story to tell. And like, wow. yeah. So they've known. They knew. I didn't, didn't know. that. I kind of had, it was like, seemed, felt like I kind of don't ask, don't tell. I was like, do yeah. I know? And then I was like, that makes sense. Oh, and wow. they were like, yeah, that wasn't cool of them. So props to them. Yeah, yeah honestly, like you were saying, just. Honesty is powerful. It really is. And otherwise, you just end up like internalizing some shame. <laughs> yeah. And that can also get really heavy. Yeah. Letting go of things and like expanding into things that are uncomfortable mm-hmm. can actually be really lightening for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Even though it's the, yeah. risky, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if you two have experienced this, but I feel like since COVID, like so many sex workers I know have been coming out and I'm yeah. like, is it something like, because the world feels like it's ending that we're all like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's a combo of that. Yeah. And also as we, we mentioned, you know, some of the stats on this before, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, the other aspect of it is we're all realizing this crazy space we're in, which is that people need intimacy, mm-hmm. whether, mm-hmm. you know, in some way, yeah. shape, or form, that it is actually really imperative to mm-hmm. our physical and mental health. Yeah. Yeah. And that 
a whole lot of people just joined our workforce. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like you said, this pandemic, Would I think, is shaping <laughs> Yeah, this industry. I mean, people are so we were already an isolated society. And with the quarantine, I think people are even more isolated. And then you have people who like their jobs lost their jobs sadly and they're like oh what's what do i do this? now yeah and only fans look yep. really tempting right even even the celebs are like oh this seems like a yeah. good idea i'm <laughs> yeah. actually really happy yeah. that the celebs are doing only fans mm. i know that a lot of people have been like oh, don't take away our business mm. like don't mm-hmm. but the thing is is that if these celebs are getting on only fans mm. and they're having articles from the wall street journal written mm. about them mm-hmm. then yeah. they're really normalizing yeah what's going on and so i mm. think mm-hmm. yeah i mean i have mixed feelings yeah um, it's an unpopular <laughs> opinion for sure i do as well yeah and that's a very hot take that i don't <laughs> yeah. completely share we don't agree on everything here <laughs> it's all good. um definitely i think there's pros and cons i will say i mean the more popular it is, the more people are comfortable sharing their credit card information. Yeah. Be like, this is a trusted site. If if people are rapping about it, I can probably put my credit card in there. Yeah. But, and, I mean, online creation is a whole nother story. <laughs> Certainly. And, yeah. and how that's being monitored and all of those things. Yeah. But yeah. I think the other aspect of it is, like, people feel a need to come out because they don't have, like, if, if your sex work was in person and that was lost, it's very hard. You know, some of the reason that you guys are consulting, mm-hmm. right, with the CC is because it's very hard to prove on paper for unemployment these sorts of things. <laughs> yeah, the whole, the last few months have been really interesting, I think, for a lot of people. And I think there's certainly people that have been more hard hit than others and talk about privilege. It's also a reminder that this industry is fucking resilient mm-hmm. and like we are a bunch of hustlers that like throw what you will at us and we will make it work <laughs> oh, <yeah>. yeah. <laughs> speaking of matriarchy yes yes so you have some ties to mm. the industry that you found out about recently yeah yeah i mean not so recently okay. which yes i come from a powerful lineage <laughs> speaking of matriarchy yeah. speaking of matriarchy um, I found out, and I actually, I don't know how many of y'all know, Jack the Stripper, wonderful mm-hmm. sex worker and Absolutely creator. love it. And, you know, yeah. that shares, the you know, sisterhood as powerful as is mm-hmm. a moniker that is along a number yes. of strippers originally yes. and photographers of such. Yeah. Are you talking about Rachel? I have some of her art. Yes. <laughs> um, Rachel Esterlein, I believe you pronounce her last name. Yeah. Yes. Sisterhood is powerful. But I was listening to Jack the Stripper's audiobook um, with my mother. And I was just like, oh, this is fun. Stories about strippers. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of gauging her reaction. Yeah. And um, we've always been very close. So I did. I was like, oh, okay. Like after she was like, oh, this is cool too. I came out to her. Yeah. And when I came out to her, <laughs> She's like, honey, how do you think I supported you as a single mother? <laughs> and I was like, no way. It was uh, very exciting. And um, she had a very different experience with sex work. I mean, I ha- I come into- I came into sex work in a really privileged position. You know, she had three kids to support and was in a country where she didn't speak the language. Um, and, you know, that shift over shifted over time. Yeah, that was that's been wonderful to be able to be out to her and even get yeah. like advice from her. And I was uh, like, I'm so proud of you, mom. <laughs> uh, yes, I I come from a lineage of hustlers. Fantastic, <laughs> mm-hmm. all around. Yeah, and I got to I got to meet Jack the Stripper oh. at um, a CEC event. I'm so jelly. Uh, oh. She signed my book. Uh, I got to tell her the story of, I'm like, I came out to my mom and found out she was a sex worker when we were listening to it. And there were tears, and it was really fun. Uh, she was here to do, it was FemFest, and she did Fem some Fest. comedy. Oh, my gosh. If you don't follow her on social media, Get and you, like, I, what did she, 
what does she call it? Oh, dope-ass cunts that like money, as she said. <laughs> if you are one of those, go follow her. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even on Twitter or um, Instagram anymore, yeah, but... You just do that Twitter life. I just do the Twitter life, yeah. I mean, Instagram hates sex workers, yes, so... <laughs> very, very difficult. I don't I don't have a page there for the professional use no. either right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope they like our Dominos. I was gonna say I hope they like our podcast. (laughs) 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 We love you, Instagram. Yeah. No, I hate Erna. Don't do it. (laughs) You hate Erna. Oh, Erna. Oh, gosh. Erna. Yes. Erna back. Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. All internet laws and policing of our bodies. Please stop. (laughs) Yeah. Please stop. Uh, I think one of the interesting things around that is that even OnlyFans doesn't like show that it's sex worker friendly. They're like, what? Sex workers are on here? Their ads are like personal trainers and photographers. And I'm like, please. What? Like, (laughs) come on. Nobody's following. No, 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 I mean, no, 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 no. I do do some yoga sessions online here and oh, there. Oh, I I'm love not that. Teaching yoga. Uh, yeah. I just do the yoga. <laughs> uh, I I just think it's so funny. Hilarious. I'm like, yeah, it's definitely not porn. Yeah. No yeah. porn on there. Mm-mm, nothing to see. None at all. <laughs> no nudity. No sensuality. <laughs> but speaking of sensuality and sex, mm. it is one, two, three, four, five. Sex time. You come here. Money, 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 money. So, Blair, do you play kinky in the bedroom or do you just enjoy vanilla things outside of the dungeon? It's both, actually. I It depends on who I'm with. Like, if I'm with somebody who really wants to get into some freaky shit with me, I am all game for some freaky shit. Let's explore. Let's get at it. But if I'm with somebody who I'm much more connected with, like, emotionally, not sexually, then maybe we're doing some lighter things mm. and... Who knows where it will go? I mean, probably it's always going to end up getting kinkier with me. Um, <laughs> but, it. yeah, mm. we take it slow. I don't know. I enjoy a mixture of things. Are there specific kinks that you like in your personal life? Yes. I really enjoy, like the sadist that I am, using crops and whips and spatulas and my hands I, too, like to get whipped, like, spanked. I don't like to get whipped. I'm taking that back. I like to get spanked every now and then. I like a little ass play, like, with my ass cheeks and my butthole, too. We know this because of the anal segment of the first episode. Anyways, yeah, I vanilla sex has been a big part of my life, you know, up until I started really expanding and exploring and... It can be really sweet. Mm, mm-hmm. But vanilla we don't always a, like sweet. I say vanilla gets a bad rap. It does. It's like, there's a time for vanilla. Yeah. It's okay to be Looking vanilla. into the eyes of your soulmate for that moment. <laughs> body on body. Mm. Intertwined. Yeah, I agree. So, Luna, do you play kinky in the bedroom? Or are you enjoying a lot of those vanilla things more? Mmm. You know, I think it's a mix as well. <laughs> this yeah. is I'm like not to take your answer. But um it's so relative to what's considered kinky. And I think in our line of work and what we're exposed to and what we're hearing about, it's like, oh well damn, like they were doing fire play. Like I'm boring. <laughs> but uh I like to mix it up and I'm actually just realizing now, like from this work. I'm trying to take a step back and seeing how much of my kinky stuff is because I'm like, is that like a true turn on for me or is it because, you know, it's part of work? Yeah, I like to mix it up and I love some vanilla sex every once. You know, it's nice. I think that heightened sensitivity um, is like when like things are so heightened that just like the smallest touches can like have a huge effect. Um, But I will say like, 
if I had a kink, like the biggest thing, and that just like gets me so fucking like just turned on and like wet dreams. Oh, fucking wet, just dripping. It's like if somebody has like a huge, thick wad of cash for me. Compensating me for my time? Oh my god. Velvet, I'm very curious if you're kinky in the bedroom. So it definitely depends on the partner I have at the time um, and what they're in for, what kind of things we have access to as well. Though, as you've learned from maybe our easy kits, I'm pretty good at MacGyvering things. And I would say that I have had to figure the same things out, kind of figuring out what is performative, you know, that I know how to do and can do well, but doesn't really bring anything extra to me. And in fact, maybe actually is just like more work-like, but for my partner's curiosity. Um, And in which case I will make time uh, occasionally by request with certain partners for an actual scene, having them understand what that looks like for me. And then I might not be enjoying it as much as it is for them. Um, But I do have some kinks myself, including similar ones to yours. uh, And definitely something about hurting people that make over $200,000 a year and up. It just does something special to me. Um, You know, anybody want to give us a little DM drop? I'll let you know. However... I have found over the years, especially, that I actually am a bit of an exhibitionist. Mm. <laughs> Where at? How so? Oh, goodness. Well, we can't disclose all of those places, but I can tell you that some of your nice houses and backyards have been desecrated. Uh, what's funny to me is I feel like the government kind of is into that, too, because they only seem to like sex work when they can watch. Yeah. Like, if they can see us at the club, and if they can watch us on porn, that's okay. But as soon as nobody can watch, we don't like that so much. Right? <laughs> oh, such a good point. <laughs> it's like, true. They just really want to see. They want to be part of the good stuff. I, I think it's true. I mean... I think they've got I, some control issues. And <laughs> undoubtedly, quite a few of them have sex workers on their nondescript payrolls. Yeah. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> oh, society and oh. sex work and all the things that are black and white and gray mm. together. Mm-hmm. It's a complicated place that we are mm. in. It is. It, um, all around. It feels like a powerful time to be in the industry, though. Yeah. I really feel like we are pioneering some really incredible stuff and making some changes Mm -hmm. and you know we all want to change the world but like Mm -hmm. we actually are (laughs) we actually are doing it i'm just yeah i've been really happy just to see the change of of people um as i started you know it felt Mm -hmm. competitive but then and maybe it's just because i felt a specific group of people that i'm surrounding myself with but um the change just to having a community that Mm -hmm. cares is so big i mean speaking of of matriarchy and mm-hmm. women, the sisterhood that I have found in sex work oh. is like none other that I've ever experienced. Yeah. Um, like it's been life changing, mm-hmm. and the conversations in the locker rooms of strip clubs are probably some of my most cherished memories. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so many wonderful women, and especially in the the field of organizing around sex work, like. It is powerful, and and it's not just women. You know, there's there's plenty of uh, not. I mean, I know men in the industry, and I know non-binary folks that are part of this like wonderful, beautiful energy that's being created. Yeah, it's that. I'm I'm trying to think of a better word than sister. <laughs> that's more inclusive. It's true. Um, yeah, and that that yeah. one comes up a mm. lot. But and and similarly in saying like femme energy, but it's really just the idea to me that it's Mm. like you are being able to access all of these emotions and actually Mm. looking at that and looking at um emotion as a powerful thing about caring as a powerful thing and Mm. not a weakness and Mm -hmm. not a lack yeah absolutely yeah yeah. 
Okay, so we have a few more questions for you. They're a little bit more general from the crowd type of questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first one is, how do you respond to this are you demeaning yourself narrative that a lot of people like to ask? Are you degrading yourself, Luna? I'm degrading myself. (laughs) Again, I'd go back to um, a lot of people, and I mean in the club, and this especially happens with um, non-sex worker women, be like, well, is it empowering or is it degrading? I'm like, that is such a narrow (laughs) for you. (laughs) Um, Like there's no space for in between. And it's like, yeah, I have these like wonderful, healing, magical experiences. And sure, there's some shit days, but never have I been asked in another job if it was inherently empowering or degrading and I will say the most exploited and degraded I've ever felt is that my waitressing job (laughs) so um I resonate yeah uh in fact I would say if anything and again so many different experiences I can only speak from my own in my own, I've felt more like control over my life, flexibility in my work. Um, I've never felt that the same way as I have in sex work. Um, so no, <laughs> I don't feel degraded. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. We tend to share those views as well, though mm. once again, I'm sure there are others mm. out there. Yeah. Um, but we had some folks that were curious if you get any sexual gratification from your work. Mm. <laughs> um, absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, I am. I think part of being raised with my mom and someone who had experience, even though I, it was unbeknownst to me that she had that experience. Man, she she taught us from a young age all those talks about like sex when you're a teenager. It was like advocate for your fucking pleasure, mm. like your pleasure matters. Yes. And I am so glad that I was raised with that experience and I think that absolutely bleeds into my work mm-hmm. is like yeah I'm gonna you know maybe center their pleasure or I might do th- but like I am also one staying true to my boundaries and what feels good to me and I am happy if someone has something like I'm not gonna yuck their young they're yum but I might be like hey like that's not really something I want to do but I can refer you to someone else who does um yeah I have a I have a good time at work (laughs) what is the most interesting or funny thing that you have been asked to do or that you've done oh gosh again this one's so relative because I'm sure to so many civilians like on the daily there's some weird (laughs) stuff but that really stand out oh gosh this was a while ago uh, the first club that I worked at, I had um, a gentleman buy a VIP, which is like the more exclusive area of the club. They pay by time. It's l- usually larger sums of money. Mm-hmm. He bought an hour, which is a good amount of time in the club. Um, and he didn't want me to dance sexy on him. And he didn't want me to be like flirty, even take my dress off. So what did he want? He wanted to have a full-on dance battle like back and forth (laughs) dance battle for an hour which I was like you know what let's do it man like and it was he's like no don't be else like I want a dance battle and (laughs) it was a lot of fun I know the bouncer like checked in on me he's like everything okay and I'm like yeah we're good man (laughs) like back and forth I mean I was exhausted I was like this doesn't cross my boundaries nothing says you can't and you know what you paid for this hour if that's how you want to spend it Let's fucking dance battle. And, you know, maybe maybe that was something he always wanted to do and didn't have someone in his life to do it with him. Maybe he watched You Got Served and was like, I've always just wanted to dance battle. There were some dorky moves thrown. Um, Who won? You know, undecided. <laughs> undecided. I wish we had, like, a neutral judge. Personally, I think I won. But, um, yeah, he, he gave it a lot of energy. I will say that. I, I love stuff like that. But um, other strange things, I think, um, I know how weird this is. I, I kind of love it, but all you foot fetish people, like, I appreciate mm-hmm. you. Like, mm-hmm. being at the club, being paid to have your feet rubbed, like, that's amazing. Yes. Um, and I think to some of my, like, civilian friends, they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
it can get weird. I won't mm. lie. Like the first time I had someone who was like a pet, very into it, mm. and just like I don't know, they wanted to like suck the skin off my toes. Oh. It just was. It was not about the massaging as much as it was like I really just want to suck your toes, mm. and I had. I, so yeah. this is this is a secret, folks. Please don't tell others. I have really fucking ticklish feet. <laughs> I'm very very ticklish feet. And as someone who is dominant and and generally very good at that role, it was very difficult. <laughs> that that sounds like a tough one. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Luna, do you have any advice for people that are now just getting into sex work? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I talk about this so much, but self care, like really check in with yourself. Um, and I know at the beginning it can be like such a rush and adrenaline and you can just go, 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 but you will burn out if you don't take care of yourself. Um, and beyond that facing this much stigma, Um, I think it can be really important to be really clear with yourself if you are like taking on some of that external stigma. To all the strippers, to all the baby strippers, point your fucking toes. Like just point your toes. (laughs) I love you. You're adorable. Point your toes. (laughs) We got to stay on point. (laughs) Got to stay on point. yeah that's that's when i had to learn y'all need to learn you gotta point your wait toes. so you can point your toes and heels oh yeah i mean you're you're trying to yeah a flexed foot in a pleaser uh, it's just it doesn't work okay. it doesn't work i mean to each their own you know that's just my personal two cents yeah i think that is really good <laughs> advice also for anybody um, on OnlyFans doing content mm, pointing your toes and just like giving that extra little oomph but, of um. core in shoulders back <laughs> like it's so much easier to do when you are like on a stage in lights versus like sometimes at home yeah. i can get a little lazy <laughs> <laughs> Okay, folks. Well, there you have it. That was the Dominasty podcast for today. Thank you so much, this Luna, for being so here. so fun. I love that you two are doing this. And again, like, thank you for all the work you put in. And it's so valuable to the community. So. Shout out to the Rocky Mountain Sex Worker Coalition and the Colorado Entertainer Coalition for organizing and providing such valuable resources. Also, if you enjoy the music on our podcast, check out our website and there's an outlined blog post for each episode that has links to all of the full songs on YouTube. The The darkness within us honors the darkness within you. Namaste.